Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome out to another daily play. I know it's a little bit different. Coaches at work now, well, just got off work. And so my goals do these live Q&A, not live Q&A, but live daily plays um, right when I get off work. So I'm going to spend about 30 minutes with y'all. Then I'm going to bring in another video to do a live Q&A. But today we're going to be talking about something very, very, very important. I actually got this um, from two ladies who asked these two questions. Here, let me see if I can put their questions up. I don't have the questions out. Let me see. Just make sure. Here we go. These two ladies had two great questions. Uh, one of the questions was, hi, coach, how to have peace in the present moment, peace in our minds and hearts and not obsess over what God's doing, going to do, uh, not being anxious about the future and letting go of false control of life. And Nicole um, second that she said, yes, most definitely. I was very anxious last week. Uh, I quote scriptures and meditate on them, but anxiety seems to come back a lot. So today we're going to talk about how we can have peace of mind in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of any type of situation, that how we can still, no matter what we go through in life, have a peace of mind. And after this video finishes, you will be able to download this worksheet and I have an activity that's going to really help you really process how you can really train and condition your mind to be at peace in any situation. But if you're watching this live right now, do me a big favor and share this video um, to your friends, to your family. If you're watching later, make sure you share. But let me greet everybody first. Those who's um, watching later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or watch later on YouTube, want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my online community here uh, on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're watching. But for those who's watching me live, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of my community. It's an honor to serve you all. And um, let's get right into these points. I have a lot of points that I want to cover. And it's essential that we do so because a lot of people are full of worry, full of anxiety. And those two ladies, they post their question on my community tab on YouTube. And so I said, let me get right into it and answer the question. But the main thought for tonight's or today's video is this. Because he lives, we can face today. I know you've heard the song, Because He Lives, We Can Face Tomorrow. But because he lives, we can face today. Because he is rested, we can be at rest. Now, the problem, many people in our world today are more anxious than they are anchored. Many people in our world today are more anxious than they are anchored. They are more stressed than they are at rest. They don't have peace of mind. Many people in our world today are more anxious than they are anchored, more stressed than they are at rest. They don't not. They do not have a peace of mind. It's very important in order for us to navigate these pastures of life. In order for us to be these pilgrims passing through, we have to have peace of mind. And so, let's get right into some definitions. We're going to define anxiety real quick, and then we're going to go into Philippians four six through nine and really get deep into the text and really see how we can always have peace of mind, no matter how problematic our surroundings may be, no matter how pressing the temptations may be, no matter how um, daunting the tests are. We're going to talk about how we uh, can have peace of mind. Let's get to anxiety. Anxiety, by definition, is a feeling of worry nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Anxiety by definition is a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. In other words, anxiety is, is a continuous um, mental uh, investment in a thing that um, may happen or may not happen, et cetera, et cetera. Another part of the definition is what most people, a lot of people experience when it comes to anxiety as a disorder. 
Anxiety by disorder is a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. Let me tell you my story. I struggled back in my day, back in my day, a few years ago with strong anxiety attacks. When I tell you on the floor in a fetal position, um, I'm shaking, fingers numb, fingers tingling, um, um, had vertigo. I, I was overly excessively stressed about an outcome that was in God's hands. That's why I tell people worry is offensive to a God who could do anything. When we worry, when we have anxiety, when we are stressed, when we allow our minds to be more problematic than as a, a, a rooted in peace, then we um, um, self-destruct. And I was there, man. Uh, ministry, I was trying to control it. Um, um, relationship, I was trying to control. Success, I was trying to control. And anything that you endeavor to control, when God is supposed to be in control, stress is inevitable. So what I'm going to be talking about today is not from theory, it's not from education, it's not from just exegetical ability. It's going to all come from, uh, not all, but a lot of it's going to come from my own personal experience and how God guided me out of there to where I'm at a place where I'm good, man. I'm not stressed about money, not stressed about ministry success, not stressed about anything, and God gets the glory for that. Now, let's get to our next point. The root of all anxiety is a lack of trust in God. The root, at the root of all anxiety is a lack of trust in God. Now, our goal is to be like Proverbs 3, where the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So our goal as believers is not just to trust God in some things, but to trust God in everything. And a lot of us, we're good and solid with God when it comes to this. But when it comes to our singleness, when it comes to our, our, our spouse, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to provision, we're shaky with it. Therefore, we start saying, God, give me the will and I'm going to do my thing. And we find ourselves anxious, worried, stressed out. And a lot of people find themselves there because they haven't allowed their whole lives to be fully anchored on God. The root of all anxiety is a lack of trust in God. And my question to you, my friend, is where do you lack trust in God? Where do you do where in what area of your life do you not trust him? In what area of your life should God be working on? Don't get me wrong. There are some things that we're supposed to do in life where we're supposed to, that we are in control. Um, but when it comes to um, things that we cannot control, we falter. That's why I uh, often uh, tell people that we are incapable in body form to handle the weight of the Godhead. We are unable in our, in our construct to be able to handle the divine. We are unable in our ability to handle what only God can handle. The temptation then comes in where the enemy tries to lure us to put it in our own hands, knowing that anything that's supposed to be in God's hands will be too heavy for us to lift. But we in our ignorance, we in our pride, we in our arrogance, we in our selfishness or we in our word, we try to lift the weight of life and, 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 and it burns us out in the process. The root of all anxiety, capitalized A-L-L, anxiety is a lack of trust and God, like this foundation, this room is founded on one foundation. Um, one part of this classroom is not on one foundation, other part is not. This whole building, this whole building is on one slab. Why? Because if it's on two different slabs, if something happens on this foundation, it'll tilt the building, it'll crack the walls. We have to ask ourselves, is every aspect of my life in faith and in belief that God is well able to do what he said he would do 
in our lives. Let's go to the next point. Let me know. I haven't seen anyone really comment. Let me know if y'all can hear me. Make sure that the live is good. I want to make sure the internet uh, is working well. Next point. There are only two dispositions in life. There are only two dispositions of life. Can't post comments to some desk. Okay. All right. Let me know if y'all can hear me. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if my, my live is going good. There are only two dispositions in life, rest and stress. There are only two dispositions in life. At the bottom, bottom floor of everyone are only two foundations, are only two main dispositions. Either you are stressed either or you are at rest. Nobody, there's no in between. Either you are 100% stressed, 100% rested. You can uh, you can say that you're in rest in some areas, but you're really just stressed. So you have to ask yourself, what disposition do I carry? Am I always stressed, anxious, worried, always want to be in control? Or do I really believe that God is who he is with, with factual track record proof that he is who he say he is, and that he is well able and capable of helping us? Next point. Since God is rested, we should rest. These are just foundational kind of points that we need to understand before we get into the meat of what it is we want to talk about. Since God is rested, we should rest. Because Christ is seated, we should be seated. Now, disposition is different than laziness. That that there are as God is as God is pulling in the promotion. Because let me tell you something about God. Everything that God has for you, everything God has done for you, has been done before the foundations of this world was laid. Understand that the Bible says Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. Why would he? Why would Christ be slain before the foundation of the world if all the sins of people weren't thoroughly and fully calculated? So if everything was fully calculated and Christ was slain before the foundation of the world, that means everything that he has for us has already been established. God is not doing a new work. God is not doing anything. God has done everything. Time is just catching up with what eternity has already established. Established. So when we understand that, we'll be at rest knowing that let me go ahead and relinquish my, my hands off of this. Let me go ahead and release these toxic friends and get in the river of God and get in the will and purpose of God. Because as I sail down this river, any and everything that was meant for me will be released at their timely manner, at their predestined time, and it will meet me along God's predestined time for me and my purpose. That's essential. People are believing that God is working. God is still doing stuff. No, everything is working in accordance to his plan. And what that will do for us is that all I got to do is focus on preparation. We should not be focusing on promotion. We should be focusing our energy on preparation. That will keep us from being anxious. It will keep us more. It will keep us preoccupied with purpose driven things and, and fulfilling the purpose of God than it is trying to push the will of God. Because I tell you one thing, there's nothing that you can do right now that can make God budge or move. There is no, God is set. God is immovable, immovable uh, immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's nothing we can do through tears, through crying, through whining, through a re, uh, manipulation, whatever that can make God move. God knows the intents of your heart. So since God is rested, we should rest. That's very, that's very important. Next point. Stress is either the carrying of an unnecessary care or the conflict of an unexpected care. Let's break it down. Stress is either the carrying of an unnecessary care, meaning that I'm just I'm carrying this weight. 
I, I, I'm gonna try to carry my singleness. I'm gonna try to carry this marriage. I'm gonna try to carry this this ministry. I'm gonna try to carry it on my shoulders. It's unnecessary. We are in partnership. We are in the family business. That's why I'm glad that I'm working alongside God. There's there's 90% of the things he's already done. There's 10% he left for me so that we can have a unique fellowship with each other where we can better understand and grow in a relationship. God is not trying to do everything. Hope you understand that. God is not trying to do everything for you because then we'll be lazy. God does the bulk of the work and he leaves us a percentage, whether it's big or small, medium, whatever, so that we can enjoy what fellowship with the father is and what it's like working with him in the family business. I mean, that's essential. But stress is either the caring, or when I say care, caring what only God's supposed to care. So you have to understand cares are too heavy for humans to bear. Cares are too heavy for the human soul to carry. That's why the Bible says, cast your cares onto God for he cares for you. That's a fundamental principle that you have to have engrafted in your mind, knowing and telling yourself that, yo, God cares for me. When you know that God cares for you, it brought, it births self-care. And then when self-care is birthed, then you're able and you're well enough to actually care for the things that God wants you to care and strong enough to carry what he has called you to carry. But stress is either the, unnecessary, the caring of an unnecessary care or the conflict of an unexpected care. So in life, there's going to be some things that hit you. And it's unexpected care, uh, a death in a family, uh, a, a, a tragedy, uh, a, a car problem, a house problem, uh, just life. Right. But it's unexpected. But at the same time, just because it was an unexpected care doesn't mean you making it unnecessary care. Right. It doesn't mean because it happened to you, you keep it happening to you psychologically, emotionally, causing you to wilt under the pressure and open the door for disease. Stress is the foundational cause of all diseases. When a body is ripping and running and a body is worrying, worry turns to wear. Worry leads to being worn. And so when you um, um, work your body too much, you wear yourself down, opening yourself up for disease, robbing yourself from sleep, robbing yourself from nutrients, causing your decay. That's why the enemy comes in at that angle, at that way, to cause us to try to carry things even when it's unexpected. That's why even if something hits you right now and you want to try to control it, you got to pause and ask yourself, am I able? Should I carry this? But you have to always ask yourself, why don't I trust God with this? Why do I not trust God with this? God's track record of faithfulness is so pristine. It's so clear. It's so evident. Just as evident as this water bottle is. Just as evident as we are today. That's how God's faithfulness is towards. The issue is God is, we view that God's faithfulness is not based upon our idolatry. So because we are in deep idolatry, God is not going to be faithful to serve your idols. God is not going to be faithful to serve your insecurity. So what happens is we stay in insecurity, we stay in idolatry, and then we get mad at God when God is not faithful to what we idolatrously worship. He said, you adulterous uh, um, um, people. That we can't get caught up in idolatry and adultery to the point to where that we lose our focus and who he is in character. Let's keep going for time's sake because I only got 15 or so minutes. Then we're going to get into a Q&A. Next point. Stress either comes through one big moment. Hear me closely. Stress and worry either comes through one big moment 
or it builds up through many little moments. Either way it comes, it must be dealt with. Understand stress is a stealth. It's, it's silent. It creeps in. And, and next thing you know, you start comparing your life to other people. You start wondering if this thing is going to happen. And like our friends, our friends that posted a question, look at the question again. They said this. They said, hey, coach, how do I have peace in the present moment? Peace in our minds and hearts and not obsess over what God's going to do. That's important. A lot of people are obsessing on, on should I do it or is God going to do it? And she says not being anxious about the future and letting go of false control of life. And a lot of us are guilty of that. Nicole also echoed and said, yes, most definitely. I was very anxious last week. I quote scriptures and meditate on them, but anxiety seems to come back. See, that's why we're going to talk about later about the mind and how we can reverse engineer our thought processes and our patterns that will help us really see what we're capable of. And in the current present moment, know exactly what to do here or there. But let's keep going. I want to make sure for our new viewers that you see where we are talking about in the, in the question that we're answering. It says stress either comes through one big moment, like we said, unexpected, one big moment, death in the family, loss of a job. Yes, that's tough. That's tough. But even in that, we as believers should have in the moments of peace, like Joseph, when there was not not feminine land, that we should always be in the mode of of harvesting and 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 and, and being wise and being stewards of our time and being led by God. So that when it's time uh, for famine to come, our barns are full. So what we're saying is you cannot wait till tough times to build your faith. You got to build your faith when times are, uh, or you can't wait till bad times come to build your faith. You got to build your faith when times are good. You just can't get into a, a, a weightlifting competition or a boxing match or a tennis match or a basketball match or whatever it is. And you ain't did nothing. The one who practiced the the one who practiced the most and is the most efficient, the most skilled will beat talent. And what most people do is they do nothing when time is good. They do nothing. They don't seek God. They don't talk to God. They work in their own life. They carry their own cares. And then when the unexpected happens, then all of a sudden their faith is low. They have no strength to carry it. Therefore, it breaks them down even more. That's why every day the Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There are certain things that we have to do in practice mode. So when the unexpected comes, we'll be able to survive. I love the scripture here. It says, um, uh, let me see if I can find it. I don't think I put it in my notes. I thought I did. Uh, I don't have it. I thought I had the scripture. But when Jesus was talking about uh, that, uh, uh, keep, keep your heart, keep your heart uh, um when you face troubles or whatnot, keep your heart for he overcome the world. So in this life, oh, in this life, you're going to face trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. He says, I've overcome the world. So Jesus is not saying, hey, in this life, you're going to be good. No, there's going to be stuff that happens in your life because we are pilgrims navigating a fallen world. And as you go through a fallen world, things fall apart. Things fall down. Things fumble out your hands. And you got to have enough wherewithal, enough wisdom to be able to manage it and know how to still navigate it by trusting that God is faithful. Right. Stress and anxiety sent me to the hospital last week. Doctors thought I had a stroke. I'm only 33 times. Listen, I was close to that point. I ain't mean to put your business out there. I'm sorry. But listen, Leslie, been there. And so what we have to understand is that like like stroke and heart attacks and disease is, is waiting for the worried. 
it's, it's waiting for those who worry. And God is good that he kept you, Leslie. And I'm glad that he sustained you. And I hope this lesson gives you tools on how to navigate. That's why if you want to be your best, you got to be in rest. If you want to be your best, you got to be at rest. In my new book that I'm, is coming out in September, can't tell you the title, but uh, it's going to be, okay, I got a whole thing that I'm going to do. Uh, we talked about in order to be your best, and in, in, in order to be your best, you have to nest, rest, and test. In order to be your best, you have to uh, nest, rest, and test. Now, what does that mean? You have to nest yourself. You got to make a nest in the presence of God. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you got to make a nest there. You got to be settled there. You got to say, God, I'm a, I'm a, you know what? The world is making their nest in money, making their nest in relationship. I'm making my nest in you. And after I have made my nest, made my place, I'm arresting you. Because when you're arrested, then you're able to test and see, is this for, is this of God? Is this from God? Is this for me? Is this not for me? Now you're able to test the spirit behind everything to see what's for you, to see if it's your counterpart, to see if it's best for you. Give me one second. And it's essential. But if you're not nested in his presence and you and your levels of joy is at high optimum levels, then you're you're not going to be at a state of rest and you're not going to be able to test things accurately. And then you're going to not be at your best, et cetera, et cetera. Let's keep going. Stress either comes through one big moment or builds up through many little moments. Either way, it when it comes, it must be dealt with. Now, let's talk about peace real quick and then we're going to get into some scripture. I'm going to go ahead and pull the scripture up now. Let me see if I got it. There we go. Uh, is that too small? That might be too small. Give me one second. Let me try to make that uh, larger real quickly. Uh, let's see. Maybe that's good enough. We'll see. I don't know if y'all can. Let me know if y'all can read that. If it's not, I'll take it down. But uh, as I as I got Philippians 4, 6 through 9 up, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk real quickly about peace. And then I'm going to get through some more points. I may do a part two of this because I have a lot of great points that I do not want to rush through, but we'll see. Peace, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I have here is peace is a person. The Bible calls Christ, Christ says, he's, the Bible says that Jesus is the prince of peace. Peace is a person. When you understand that, then you will say, like the next point, you will want peace's perspective. Peace is a person. Peace is, is a perspective. Peace is a way of thinking. Peace is a way of seeing. Peace is a way of feeling. Peace is a way of doing that comes from the work of the Prince of Peace in our lives. Peace is a person. We understand that peace is a person. Then you will say, Christ, teach me how to be at peace. And the good thing about us is that uh, through it says uh, in Philippians 419 and my God. Oh, that's the wrong scripture. Uh, man, I didn't write down all my scriptures. Oh, Romans 5, 1. I love this. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are at peace with God. Those who are sons and daughters of God, we are. He's at peace with us. We're no longer damned for hell. We're no longer um, um, slaves to sin. We're no longer bound by sin anymore. So therefore, peace is, a, is, is, a, is, is given to us. It's available to us. That's essential, which means that I have to. Um, how can I put this? I have to um, get to know this person of peace. 
so that I can think like him, so I can count all joy. In my book, I talk about spiritual mathematics and how to properly count the things in your life and to see if it's of God and if it's not. And like the Bible says, count all joy when you uh, face trials of various kinds, knowing, that the, uh, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And patience, when it's had a perfect work, you will be whole, complete, lacking in nothing. That's essential. That I got to be around the Prince of Peace. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ's strength. Well, let me get to the scripture. I'm, I'm mixing scriptures. But the last point on peace is, you know, the fruits of the spirit. It says love, joy, peace. We can get to the rest of those. But I talked about that in other videos. And I also go through this in my next book as well. But I talk about how love, joy, peace, etc., etc., patience, etc., goes in that order. In order for me to be in peace, hear me. In order for me to be and have peace of mind, my mind must know that I'm loved. In order for me to have peace of mind, I have to know that I'm loved, that I'm God's beloved. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Fear and worry are just are the same. Fear and anxiety are the same. At the foundation of all these um, stresses and issues is fear. And we have to let the perfect work of Christ uh, uh, or the perfect love of God um, um, uh, perfect the fear out of us so that we can be fruitful, so that we can be faithful, so that we can be founded. But without our minds knowing that we're loved, then we're going to try to find love in all the wrong places. But when you know you love by God, you be like, man, well, I'm not stressing over no man. I ain't stressing over no woman. I ain't stressing over no money. I ain't stressing on my job. He supplies all my needs according to his riches of glory by Christ Jesus. He owns a cow on a thousand. I talked about in a live video. Not only does he own the first level of provision, he, he owns the provision of the provision. Not only does he have a, a cattle, he also has the thousand hills by which feeds the cattle that then feeds you, that then works for you. So your, even your provision, he owns the provision of your provision. And when your mind understands that, you will know that. I love God. And if I love God and I am called according to his purpose, all things work together for my good. So even when you lose that job, lose that friend, lose that man, lose that woman, you will see it probably as a blessing. That's why I said in one of my videos, I said demotion is actually promotion. Then when you're being removed from a person, removed from a thing and things begin to fall apart, God is setting you to become a part of him and his will for you. Peace is a perspective. If your mind doesn't know that you love by God, because if you don't know that God loves, you don't think that God will come through for you. But if you know that God loves, you know that if it's not in your life, it's not as be it's not the best time for it to be in your life. When you know that you love, you you move differently, you groove differently. You know what I'm saying? You 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 do things differently because you know you love. Then love produces joy. When you know that you love by God, you can enjoy God wherever you at. And you won't be stressing yourself for things and, and trying to control things and, 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 and having these ebbs and flows where one moment you're anxious and one moment you excited and you just own these ebbs and flows of life. But it is possible, my friend, to be at a steady place of peace, to be at a place of peace where, where no matter what's going on in the pandemic, like me and my wife, man, we made more money in this pandemic. God gave us immense favor in this pandemic. Like, I don't even know. I don't even, I ain't even feel the effects of the pandemic. I didn't because I'm a son of God. My wife's a daughter of God. Our family is part of the family of God. So we didn't feel the effects of the pandemic. I don't look at the news. I don't look at that because the world is connected to fear. I'm settled in faith. So it's a mindset.
Was it always like this? No, but I had to really look God face to face and say, man, you have been faithful to me. But when you remove the mask and you remove and you remove the, the open the doors of the hidden areas of your heart and see your idolatry, then you'll be like, I'm I'm trying. It's I, I had the audacity to expect God to come through for my idolatry. And then when you when that breaks down and yo, you humbled and you'll be like, you know what, God? I was foolish to think that and I was foolish to worry about this. I was foolish to think about this because I didn't really see you for who you are. And that love produces joy. Joy is a mindset. Joy says, I don't care about the conditions I have or don't have. I got the number one condition and that's salvation. I got Christ in my life. And if I have Christ in my life, I have life and life more abundantly. Everybody's looking for the tangible fruits of life, but do not want to bear the intangible ones. It is the intangible fruits of life that enables you to handle the the, the, the external things like you can't handle a marriage. You've got love, joy, peace, um, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, all those good things, self-control. You can't hold a ministry without the fruits of the spirit. You can't hold a marriage without the fruits of the spirit. You can't hold money well without the fruits of the spirit. You can't hold on those things without it. So you might as well say, God, my joy is in you. I'm a pilgrim passing through and I know my treasures laid up in heaven. That's what peace does. When you know that you're loved by God, it bubbles joy in your heart. When your mind knows you love by God, love is not about feeling. Love is more logical than it is about emotion. Love is more logical than it is about feeling, my friend. You have to understand that. People think love is feeling. No, that's a that's that's just a byproduct of love. Love is factual. Whether I whether I like my wife at times or don't like her, we get in arguments. Don't it ain't about like. It's about commitment. Love ain't about whether or not these conditions where if she did this more, then I love her more. No, no, no. That's not love. That's selfishness. Love says I don't care if you don't do X, Y, and Z. I made a commitment, and because we're here together with God, not saying she does anything. I'm just giving an illustration that we believe that God is in the midst. And then I'll, I'll be, I'll, my joy will be in God and my joy will be in my wife alone and not any other woman because I don't, a lust has been removed out of my heart and replaced with love. And then that gives me peace. I remember my wife, we got a letter in the mail saying we had to leave our town home. We was going to stay in that town home for at least two years so we can build our home, right? And then we got a letter in February saying, y'all got to be out by the end of February. And we were shook him. Well, we were shaking, but it was kind of like startled. It was like, oh, shoot, like the unexpected. It just happened. We were like, oh, man. All right. So we was whatever, whatever. I had my moment for about 30 minutes because one thing about me, I give myself 30 minutes to get off my chest and get back to God. I said, OK, God's got us. Went to looking for homes. We saw this home. Right. And and I just knew it was ours. I, I, me and God been so cool for a long period of time. Like that's ours. So we was upset that we had to move, but we knew that, hey, we we don't think like uh, uh, bastard kids think. We don't think like kids who don't have a father. We know that if this if this met us, it was a part of God's plan. We wasn't in sin. We, we, didn't, we didn't have poor money management. We was always on time with our bills. So it was nothing like that. The guy wanted to sell the town home. Either way, God was ruffling the nest. Because I'm nested in him, he ruffled these nests saying, we got to move here. We didn't know the pandemic was going to happen in March. So God moved us further out. God moved us into a better place where we can enjoy even in the midst of a pandemic. So what I'm saying is 
God is faithful, man. What you thinking right now and you worried about, stressed about is God releasing unnecessary people and things off your life. Because if he keeps you blessed at a certain level, quote unquote, you hear what I'm saying? He keeps you fruitful. And if he always keeps leaves on you and fruit on you, hear the metaphor, then people will always be selfish to connect to. They will always be sitting there for shade, sitting there for fruit. But sometimes he push you through fall and winter so that you can see who your real friends are so that you can see what you have to do but if you if he keeps you looking a certain type of way keep you at that job then, then it's, when it's time to go it's time to go we are pilgrims passing through we are not people trying to be rooted <clears throat> we're going home so peace no matter what ruffles you you will say god is in control i'm a living witness my wife, whatever, whatever, when I had encouraged, no, we good, we good. God's got us. And now from the sink, from the kitchen, from the from the bathrooms, from the house, the layout is, is uh, it, it, she adorns. She loves. It was everything she wanted. And we know this is temporary. So, so either way, God will even make your temporary place comfortable and enjoyable, right? So we have to understand it about our father so that we can not get and lose faithfulness. And and then because when you lose faithfulness, when you lose fellowship, you lose faithfulness. When you lose faithfulness, you lose fruit. But when you understand who he is through and through, you will stick to it knowing that he is faithful. So you can't have peace without joy and you can't have joy without love. Now, let's get to some scriptures. Philippians 4, 69 says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know if y'all can see that scripture pretty good. Can y'all see that pretty good? I can't even see it. Okay. Okay. Maybe we can. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything <clears throat> by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. First six says, do not be anxious about anything. That's a command. That's not a, nah, no, that's a command. He says, yo, I'm like, like that when I remember what I said, worrying is offensive to a God who can do anything. Imagine like, like when I have children, what I do with my nieces and nephews, they always try to be modest, man. They always be like, I'd be like, man, you want something to eat? I did it to my niece the other day. I said, yo, you want, you want some chicken wings from Publix? You want some, you want some wings? Nah, I, I don't want no Uncle Josh. Girl, I know you. Do you want some wings or not? I don't want to inconvenience you. Girl, you're not inconveniencing me. I, every time she does that, a little slight offensiveness creeps in. Not no big one because I love her. She loves me. Little offense. Like, you know, you think we poor? You think that I can't get you wings? You think that me getting my niece wings? My nephew, now my nephew's doing, my nephew don't care. Nephew be like, yo, uh, he got the big bag of popcorn the last time he was at Whole Foods. He it was right beside the little bag. I said, nephew, get what you want. He grabbed the big bag. Nephew, nephew, he mm -hmm, he he here. He knows. Hey, yo, you want to give me? Cool. But the niece, they try to be modest. All right. And so what she was saying was, I don't want to inconvenience you. I asked the girl six or seven times. And then as soon as I, I said, okay, I'm walking, I said, I turned around one more time. I said, you, I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. She was like, give me some baked wings. I said, come on, man. I had to ask you seven, eight times if you want some wings. You know, you know I'm well able to get you wings. It's offensive when they be like, I know you hungry. And you like, you try, you're not inconveniencing me. You actually blocking my blessings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, girl, you're not in, is what I'm saying is, is that God is saying, wait, you, what you mean I can't come through? Why are you carrying that for? You look crazy in the spiritual realm. Do you know how crazy we look in the spiritual realm? Right? You know how crazy we look? 
And God like, bro, get that to me. Nah, God, I got it. Bro, get it. Give me that. God's like, I'm well able. I'm able to do it. Let's keep going. Ari says, how do you know the difference between something that is delayed versus something that is not in his will? If it's not in his will, it never come in your life. You know if something's delayed when you when you are familiar with your destiny. The more familiar you are with the divine, and the more you are familiar with your destiny, the more you are the more you will understand when things will be released in your life, right? Um, if you have a desire in your heart for it, uh, um, discipline would kind of discipline would definitely get you there, right? But but what you have to understand is that the more you become familiar with the divine, the more you become familiar with 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 your destiny and understanding your purpose, and you mix it with discipline, then then you will become familiar with what's for you. The goal is not to worry about what's for you or not. The goal is not about that. The goal is delight. The Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. In order for your delight to build, you got to go to delight and build, right? You got, in order for your delight to build, you got to go to delight, the light of Christ and kneel and say, God, here's my life. Expose me, show me everything. And then when he shows you graciously yourself and graciously show you the purpose of your life, then you will begin to delight in him because this good God, generous of God, I don't even deserve fellowship with, wants fellowship with me, then you'll forget about what's delayed and what's denied and whatnot. All you want is him. And then your desires, he said, they that delight themselves in the Lord, he will, uh, uh, they that delight themselves in the Lord, um, somebody desires something like that, right? But when you know that, you'll be like, All I care about is God. That's why I tell every single people, single person, don't think about marriage, don't think about because you're gonna set yourself for idolatry. All you gotta think about is loving and serving God. Because I'm telling you, anything you love more or want more than God, my friend, that thing will crush you. You must love things in their proper order. If you ain't heard nothing else on this thing. You must love everything in their proper order. You're welcome, Aries. Let's keep going. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God says, man, I understand you're human. My own son oftentimes went to the mountaintop to pray. We, we, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not sitting there saying that Christ was in, in worry or stress. We're not saying that. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he contemplated quitting. But there was no quit in him. He was too legit to quit. You see what I'm saying? He says, Father, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But in before the sentence ended, most people would have put a period. But he put a comma and says, but not my will, thine will. That must always be your, your disposition. That must always be your mindset. That God, it doesn't matter how I feel. It will always be your will. But he says, with thanksgiving, prayer is conversation, venting. Supplication is more so like venting. But prayer is just making it known to God. Making it known to God doesn't mean, oh, I, I got to let God know something new. God already knows. Prayer is an opportunity for you to get to know God and to get to know yourself and get to know your purpose. But with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a mindset. Joy is a mindset. Thanksgiving says, I already know you faithful, God, but, I, but it's how I feel. I would love to be married. I would love to have these different things. God, I'm a little worried about the job, but I know you're faithful, God. That's why with every problem, give a praise. For every issue, give, give a praise. What I mean by that is, God, I'm concerned about this, but I know you're able. God, I'm worried about this a little, but I know you should will supply all my needs. Lord, you got to have scriptures on standby, ready to couple with your concerns. And then you're able to cast your cares to God. And then the peace of God, it says, which surpasses all understanding. God's peace can't be comprehended. To those especially who walk by sight and not by faith. 
right? You have to understand that those who walk by sight, it's impossible for them to understand. It's impossible for them to fulfill this uh, formula. The formula is, I'm, my mindset is to never be anxious by anything. My mindset is that with everything, with everything, I'm going to bring it to God. And when I bring any concern to God, I'm going to couple it with thanksgiving. And when I mix those formula pieces together, then I will feel God's peace. You know, when you put two things together, it produces something. It may cause a spark. Peace of God comes when you couple with your concern, thanksgiving. And what I often tell people to do in coaching sessions is I tell them to write down a sheet of paper. While you're concerned, I want you to write down your concerns on one side of it. Write down all your cares and worries. And right beside it, I want you to write down all of the good things God did for you. I want you to write down. First thing I want you to write down is he woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. <laughs> you write down he woke me up this morning. Number two, I want you to write down 28,000 breaths. On average, a human breathes 28,000 times a day. So I want you to write down, God, I thank you for the 28,000 or 15, 17,000 breaths because the day's not over with. All right. Then I want you to write down all the good things he done in that day. Thank you for the things that he did do that you don't even know you have a clue that he did. Right. Uh Oh, Lady Shantae. Hey, Coach Josh, what would be the proper way to keep moving forward as people, relationships and family are walking out of your life? And it seems like you are a bit isolated during your spiritual growth. It comes with it. It comes with the territory, my friend. It really does. It, it, it comes with the territory. And what I'm going to tell you is this, is that um, in, in my book, The Purpose of Singleness, I talk about this I, in the chapter of seasons, that when God prunes, he's bringing you to himself. So how do you proper keep going forward knowing that the ultimate fellowship you must have is God? God did it to me. God stripped so many people out of my life so that I can have the opportunity to genuinely and truly fellowship with him. Do you know how many people are in the way and how many things and habits are in the way of our lives keeping us from fellowshipping with Christ? So God says, okay, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to prune it. I'm going to prune you so that you could bear more fruit. So how do you keep your morale and going forward, knowing that in this life, you're going to lose friends in this life. You're going to lose family. You're going to lose those connections. You're going to lose those friends. You're going to lose all that. But you got God and you got time. You, you know what I'm saying? And so um, it's isolation is it's a blessing, man. You get more things done. I got more books written. The more people you have in your life, the more time is cluttered the less you are able to invest in your purpose. So the beautiful thing right now is that your spiritual growth is for a specific spiritual assignment and that God removes these people out of your life so that you're able to focus on him, fellowship on him and build the fruit needed to serve the people who are willing to eat from that area of your life. Hope that encouraged you, my friend. But but I'm telling you, when that formula is, is, is in your life, you won't be able to comprehend the peace. You're going to be like, God, I know you got it. Logically, sight says, bills due tomorrow. This is due tomorrow. Uh, this person walked out on your life. And sometimes why things happen won't be known immediately, but they will be known eventually. So you have to trust the one that knows. People, Some people are worried today about the unknown. Ah, you just know the one that knows. If you know the one that knows, you're connected to everything you need to know. He says, if you lack wisdom by anything, but this pertains more to closure. 
But when people walk out of your life and people leave and you start getting anxious or you're 38, you're 40 as a woman and you're like, am I going to have a child? The same guy that looked out for, for Sarah and Rebecca, I think it was Rebecca, uh, and for John the Baptist and for Isaac and them, the same one, they was 90 some years old. God is like, who made your womb? The same one Moses who was talking about who's going to stutter and God, who's going to use me. He says, man, who made your mouth plan? I put that stutter in there so they got so I would be the one to get the glory. Sometimes God brought us up, brought us in with what we look as dysfunctional. Like I grew up with a, with a stuttering problem. I used to stutter. Sometimes I stutter now. I talk fast. My brain goes faster than my words. So I trip over my words and I stutter. And I was like, when I first was contemplating speaking and feel led by God to speak, I was like, God, who's going to want to hear me? And God said, I made your chopper, bro. Let that chopper go. Spray him. Chop it. Shoot him out. And that's what we got to do. Wherever we find dysfunction, that's where our best function is. Because God is going to get the glory from that. But if you eloquent, that's why Paul said, I didn't come to y'all with eloquency of speech. I came to you with the power of God. So that you'll know that, that I don't have to worry about promotion. I don't have to worry if I'm better than this person. All I got to do is fellowship with the Father. Let's keep going for time's sake. And it says, uh, which surpass all of a will guard your hearts and minds in. It's hard to have peace when you're outside of the will of the Prince of Peace. Stress comes when you're outside of the will of the Prince of Peace. Your hearts and minds will be guarded because peace is tangible. Peace is a confirmation number that God got your message. Most people are like, well, God got my message, so the delivery should come through. God is not Amazon Prime. God is not an employer. God doesn't guarantee you every two hours, every uh, two weeks that you clock in faithful to him at the church, faithful to him in ministry, that he's guaranteed you a paycheck per hour. God is not sitting there just because you search him. I'm going to search the kingdom. I'm on kingdom, um, kingdom.com. God, okay. I want a man. Okay. I'm going to order him. He's 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, okay, God. I'm going I'm to place his order. Oh, I can customize? Oh, okay. I, I okay. I want him this shade. I want this, or I want this kind of wife, or I want this kind of car. We go to we go to God and we place orders. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I want that. And then we we press uh 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 pay, and we 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 think that we got to pay in our time. Now I, I'm gonna pay for this. This is what I want, God. So I'm gonna go out here and tithe. I'm gonna go out here and give. I'm gonna go out here and serve to make the payment so that you're obligated to send it to me. God's like, nah, I already paid for it. But but with the difference between me and Amazon, it it, it, it comes when it comes. So God is saying just because you place the order doesn't mean it's going to come in a time frame. So you got to be OK with that. You got to be OK with God's timing because it ain't about you. People who want things on their time are selfish people. God wants you to have his things at the proper time, because when things come into your life, it's not about you. It's supposed to be to help someone else. It says then finally, brothers, this is what we're going to get to. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If you want your heart and mind to be guarded, you got to you got to have a track record or you have to make within consistency, putting your mind on certain areas. You have to if you want to get rid of anxiety. And that's what I had to do. If you want to get rid of stress, you got to purposefully put your mind. You got to say, no, this is not true. 
This is not what the word of God says. The reason why we oftentimes find ourselves nervous, afraid, and worried, because we don't know what the word of God says. We don't know what is what is given to the children of God. We don't know. And since we don't know, we we we, we start worrying, we start crying. So you gotta you gotta purposely make a contract with yourself and say, we're only thinking about things that are true. We're only thinking about things that are uh, uh, honorable. We only go think of things that are just. It's hard to do that when we live in a toxic, perverted world. But when you live simply and you remove these different things, now I want some, now I want some orange juice. Now I want, I want that peach simply. I want that peach simply lemonade. I just want, okay, I might stop by the store for that. But simply, you got to live simply, man. And say, you know what? I'm going to disconnect from these certain things. That's why my wife and I was able to, to navigate this pandemic because we don't watch the news like that. I don't watch that stuff to be full of fear. I got work to do. It, it don't matter. When persecution comes, that doesn't mean I stop working. Just because the world going crazy and the fire in the handbasket don't mean I stop working. I got to keep it moving because I'm an ambassador. I'm a pilgrim. This is not my residence. When you know that, you always be at peace. Because you say we only think about things that are true. Yes, Josh, but it's true, Josh, that we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's true. But what is what is true, true? See, there's, there's true and there's true, true. See, it's true. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's true. There is a coronavirus. It's true. All right. But the true, true, the, oh, thank you, Lord. There's true, and then there's the truth. There's true, and then there's the truth. See, it is true. We're in the middle of the pandemic, but what does the truth say? A thousand may fall in my left, 10,000 in my right hand, but it won't come near me. That's what the truth says. It may be true you lost your job, but what does the truth say? The truth says, I own a cow on a thousand hill that, uh, that he will meet. That he will meet all my needs according to the riches of glory. That's the truth. Stop selling for what's true and anchor yourself in the truth because sight says it's true, but faith says I know the truth, capital T. And when I know truth, capital T, I know this true thing is temporary. You see what I'm saying? That's the mindset you got to have. Yes, it's true. Me and my wife had to move. But the truth said, I'm moving you to something better. I'm getting you out the way. I'm getting you out of Dodge. And I got you. That's what the truth says. Stop living on true and elevate to the truth because the truth, not what's true, but what the truth is will set you free. So you got to think, is this true? Is this the truth? Is this really true? True. True. Is it? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? If it's not, we off that. You got to condition your mind to think that way. We're waiting on God to do stuff when we're supposed to do stuff. Well, I'm not talking about for salvation purpose of working for salvation. No, 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 no. I'm talking about getting rid of stinking thinking. Let's keep going for time's sake. Now, the mind. Oh, man, I don't got time. I got 10 minutes. If I'm not done in 10 minutes and I'm out, I'm done. All right. The mind. Because we're talking about how to have peace of mind. We talked about peace. We talked about anxiety. We kind of went through some of that, man. I'm either write a book on this or something because it's so dense, it's so deep. Um, but 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 it is what it is. The mind. Your mind is a muscle and a motherboard. When you understand that, you'll say, you know what? I can actually, through the Holy Spirit, oh, through the Holy Spirit, my mind can be renewed. Because you're talking to a guy who had anxiety attacks. You're talking to a guy who was on the floor, fingers numb, blurred vision, vertigo, this close to a stroke, possibly 300 some pounds. Stress will inflate you, man, <clears throat> or deflate you. 
one thing I realized, my mind is a muscle. We don't train our minds. Your, your, your most important muscle is your mind. You got to train it. You got to build that thing up. You got to say, no, I'm going to remove these low weights. I'm going to remove these, these, this old way of thinking. And I'm going to write on a sheet of paper the way I'm supposed to think. That means if you type it out, you print it out, you put it on the wall, you say, no, we think on this. You got to train your mind. Faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. Go into the word of God. Print out scriptures. Print out scriptures that says this is how I'm supposed to think. Because if you don't, if you don't do that, man, you're going to sink. And the, the root issue is going to be the way you think. So your mind is a muscle. You got to work it every day. No, even when that thought comes in mind, you got to say, no, I'm going to think on this. And I say it, I used to say it out loud. No, y'all, everything about me going to hear this. We on this now. And that's essential. Let's keep going. Your mind is a muscle and a motherboard. Motherboard is, is the center intelligence system or it is uh, 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 the processor to the, the real system, who's the Holy Spirit, right? But it's, it, it must be it must be respected as a, and, and strengthened and rooted in God's word so you're able to make decisions, right? In order to have peace of mind, hear me closely, in order to have peace of mind, you must allow the Prince of Peace access to each piece of your mind. If you want peace of mind, if you want peace of mind, you must allow the Prince of Peace Access to each piece of your mind. There's seven pieces or areas of your mind. People don't know that. Your mind got multiple levels. In order to have peace of mind, you got to say, okay, what areas in my life have I not given Christ access? There's pieces. Every piece of my mind, every corridor of my mind. Your mind, I'm not talking about your brain. We're talking about your whole soul system, your whole soul. Your spirit gives you God conscious. Your soul gives you self-conscious. Your body gives you world conscious, right? So the spirit has been sealed by the spirit of God has been sealed, right? But that doesn't mean your spirit, man, doesn't need to be fed, right? But but the Holy Spirit indwells in your spirit. But it is through the illumination of your spirit and the allowance of it, it permeates to the, each of the areas of your soul or your mind, then floods out into your life and is able to impact others, is able to sustain things, etc. It is a soul that many of us have a problem with. Those who are not saved, their spirit is lights out, it's dark. So their soul is just connected to the world. Those who become saved through the goodness of Christ brought to repentance and forgiven of sins, right? Then that soul, then that spirit lights cuss on. Holy Spirit, we here, lights here, what's up, what's up, what's in here? Yeah, we're going we gonna, to we gonna get to that. We're going to clean this, right? So the spirit man comes in and the soul is like, I mean, I don't, we, well, we've been we've been on this for many years, man. We don't, but the spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to be like, no, we got to get off this, right? And so what happens is there's areas of our soul that we haven't given peace to. Now, let's talk about the seven things that are the seven pieces of the mind real quickly. The peace of mind, the mind, your mind has thoughts, your mind has memories, your mind has emotions, your mind has worldviews or perspectives, your mind has ideas, your mind has knowledge, and your mind has wisdom. Your mind has these seven things. It has thoughts. Boom, boom, swimming up in their thoughts. Internal thoughts, external thoughts, they do, do just swimming, swimming, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. That's why you got to know the difference between divine thoughts, demonic thoughts, and deep within thoughts, your own personal thoughts. We'll get deeper into some of these points. I may do a part two. I'm going to go through these briefly and probably do a part two a little bit later. But your thoughts, your memories, significant moments produce significant memories. 
So what happens is when you make a moment and it's significant, it will always be with you. You will never forget your significant memories. And most people don't know what to do with that. So they be, they're tormented by that. But God is saying, yo, I'm here to change the way you see what happened. I'm actually here to help you see what happened beyond what happened to my son on the cross. So that you will be able to see everything from that forward can be made new. Anything from that pinnacle forward can be uh, refreshed mentally for you. Were you able to see, oh, it was good that I was afflicted. Because if I wasn't afflicted on one of your statues, oh, this is how God has turned this around for my good. Oh, this is how I learned from this. You see what I'm saying? Your memories. Your memories, which is supposed to be a reference point. I remember the times. Y'all remember. I remember when that happened. Cool. But look what God did for me. Your memories were supposed to be, was supposed to have a, diff, a distance between your movements now. So people can see, wow, you really came a long way through Christ, right? Then there's your emotions. That's self-explanatory. Your emotions, your feelings, right? Also, there's your worldviews that you've gotten from different views of life, your perspectives that you got from different people. That's all in your soul. You got your mama's perspective. You got some dad perspectives in there. You got your own perspectives. You got your 20-year-old perspectives. You got your uh, babes in Christ perspective. You got your season. You got all these different perspectives. Perspectives on money, food. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, perspectives on all these different things. All so many. That's why you have to slow your life down and says, are these perspectives able to be found in the pages of God? If not, I'm not going to allow that to stay there. Next are your ideas. I get ideas all the time. But I always show those ideas through God. Is this what you want me to do right now? So I've learned over time to put my ideas on the shelf and not in the soil. Back in my day, early days of ministry, I put everything in soil. We start in this ministry. We start in this. And I self-sabotage myself because what God has told was telling me privately, he wanted to manifest publicly so they wouldn't have too many hands on it, too much demonic intrusion in it. Now, when I get ideas, I write the book idea down, put it on the shelf. And I got a relationship with God that I love so much that I just go about my life. I'm not pressed about what book to write. I'm not pressed. I live my life and he downloads. Boop, Josh, do that. All right, we own that. I didn't have no plans. I was supposed to write another book. And God said, no, we're we going to write this book. And I was like, there's a truck passing by. <clears throat> he was like, no, we're going to write this book. I said, bet, we own it. That's how much you got to trust God. Knowing that if this is what you want me to do, if this if this the idea... You can't be so impulsive because then you're worried. Yo, the root reason of why you're pursuing your idea is because you want to be seen. It's because you want to be famous. You want to be successful so bad. Anything you want badly is bad for you, my friend. Also inside of you is your knowledge, what you've learned throughout life, what you know, mathematical equations, math, science, English, uh, um, um, knowledge, right? YouTube, <clears throat> how to make macaroni and cheese. That's knowledge. Also, your wisdom is in there, what you've learned and grown, have grown from. But each of these pieces must have God access to. You must allow Jesus access to your thoughts. No, we don't think on this. No. Mm. I cast down vain imagination. Everything, every lofty argument or opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God, we cast it down. Like you heard me say in many videos. That's a big truck, bro. But we heard about what well, we heard about. Uh, I got the scripture right here. Why that truck passing me by? Oh, pass me by. Let's see. Second Corinthians. All right, here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not other flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's important to understand. 
that we got to be able to say, no, we not, we don't think about this. Thoughts, like I said many times, come unaware. Thinking is a choice. When you choose to think on something, is a reflection of your heart. If you if you choosing to think on that lust, choosing to think on that that sin, choosing to think on that different thing, that inappropriate, whatever, you it's a reflection of your lack of trust in God, or is it a reflection of your lack of fellowship with God? It's a reflection. What you choose to think on is a reflection of what's inside of you. So you got to say, no, nah, no, nah, we don't think about that. I cast them because it's problematic. It's detrimental to my growth. It's going to keep me from being successful. I can't think on that because it's going to cause me to be down in this loophole. You got to think three moves ahead of your own thoughts. That if I think this, what would produce out of me? Because the Bible said, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so are they. Do I want to become this? Do I want to be known as lust? Do I want to be known as greedy? Do I want to be known as these different things? So if I don't want to be known as these different things or worry wart, I'm going to get off of that mentally. That's how you have peace of mind. You only think on what's true, just, honorable, lovely, and all those good things. You also got to allow the Prince of Peace access to your memories. You got to say, okay, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not going to, God, show me how to think about this past moment. I don't care what abuse you went through. I don't care who used you. I don't care what you did. Look at you. You survived. But it's hard to survive when you keep that uh, uh, pain alive. It's hard to it's hard to thrive when you always if, if you're always in survival mode. I'm gonna I want to be in thriving mode, not surviving mode. So many people are in surviving mode because they kept the pain alive. Thinking on that pain keeps that pain alive, <clears throat> keeping you from having peace. I don't got time to think about that. I've been we off that we survived it. You survived it. You survived the incident, but you're not surviving the imaginations of it. You got to survive the imagination by saying, I'm not going to keep reliving this. I got something I got to live for. Got to allow him access, the Prince of Peace, access to your emotions. Knowing that emotions are not factual. Emotions just indicators of the present mood. That I should not give a, a decision-making responsibility to my emotions alone. I got to be able to reason through, process, count the cost to know what I got to do, right? You got to give him access to your perspectives and worldviews. The Prince of Peace, how do you want me to see marriage? How do you want me to see manhood? Ladies, Prince of Peace, how, do, how am I supposed to see women? Because when you see things the right way, you have peace. When you, Listen, I'm telling you, when you see money the right way, you're more peaceful. When you see marriage the right way, you're more peaceful. I'm telling you, you just are because you see it differently. I don't look at my wife as a, a, a woman who's only supposed to serve me. I look at marriage as I'm supposed to outserve her. I'm supposed to sacrifice. We got the right perspective of who you are supposed to be as a man and the right perspective of, 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 of marriage, the right perspective of money, the right perspective of ministry right now. If I, if you would have told me seven years ago that I wouldn't be doing Unplugged locally in Charlotte every Thursday, I would have slapped you crazy. I would have been like, nah, man, I'm doing this for life. And then when God told me to stop it, it was peaceful because it wasn't a piece of me anymore. It, it wasn't my idol anymore. I was like, God, we pivot. It's easy to pivot when you when you're able to quit it. If you if you're free to quit it, it's easy to pivot. It's like, God, whatever you want me to do, we'll go that way. Now I'm doing YouTube lives. God showed me, and now people can barely get in their buildings now. You know what I'm saying? So 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 God, you gotta learn how to pivot with God, and, and because you will be able to pivot when you got the right perspective. You always got peace when you got perspective. You know, I, when people talk about racism, racism don't bother me. You must, you love me. When a person envy me and want to be racist, you must love my skin. You must love me. 
You know, if people want to talk bad about me because of whatever, we could be the same color, same race, whatever. My mindset has already been set. That mindset has already been set in my mind. That person likes you. The person admires you. Don't get don't go back to forth. Don't 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 allow insecure people to bring you down to their low level of insecurity. Being from a distance, y'all both are like fools. That's a perspective. You can have peace even in Mr. Persecution. You can have peace in the middle of people talking about you. You can have peace. Because you know, I see this differently. You're the one insecure. You're the one that's flattered by me. So why am I going to go to your level? You got to have access to your knowledge. There's just certain things you just shouldn't know about. So I'm giving the spirit of God. Hey, peace. Show me. Help me to pursue. The Bible says the insight of the Holy One, uh, knowledge of the Holy One's insight. Right. I just want to know you, God. Paul said, I only want to know. I know Christ and him crucified. I only want to know Christ and him crucified. That's the two things we all should just endeavor to know. I want to know Christ. I want to know his character. How do I move like you, boss? How do I move like you down here? And I'm always going to keep on the forefront of mind that you was crucified for my salvation. That's going to help me know what I need to know and go where I need to go. You also got to have, uh, well, basically, when you do all these different things, you will then be a number seven where you walk in, in, in wisdom constantly. Right. <clears throat> Next point. Then we get to my last points and I'm done. You must aggressively attack your way of thinking. You must aggressively attack your way of thinking aggressively. Mm -mm. I'm going to aggressively attack this way of thinking. I'm going to aggressive. Nope. We're not going to think on that. You can't be passive with thoughts. Demons are not passive in putting them thoughts in your mind. You can't be passive. You got to say, no, 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 no. You can't just be like, uh, okay, I'll think about it. No, you got to be, we off this. If that means you got to go for a walk, if that means you got to go for a jog, if that means you got to scream it out, if that means you got to write it out, you got to do what you got to do. Say, no, we, I'm going to aggressively attack this thought. Thoughts are not, some thoughts are, are thieves, man. These seeds of thoughts are thieves trying to rob you, man. Rob, how many thoughts, how many things have we thought on that? Wasted our time, wasted our energy, wasted our productivity. Oh, man. Worrying sets you up to be embarrassed when God actually comes through. You know how many times I've been embarrassed? I was in, I've been embarrassed so many times when I'm over here whining and crying. Is it going to happen? It's lost sleep, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, got bigger, got thinner, worried. And then God comes through and I'm sitting there like, God be doing it on purpose. God be like, I, sometimes God allows you to have something and it, it may not even be nothing big, but he brings it through for you. So you, you can see, I worry for nothing. God be like, bruh, I allowed you to have just a dollar in your pocket. That's why God doesn't come when you want him. Because if he always came when you want him, there will be no need for faith. <clears throat> there will be no need for trust because he, he's a genie in the bottle. Then God, no, no, no. Then, then he's a servant to us. No, he comes when we are left with nothing. <laughs> you sitting there like, I met my end. When you're at your end, that's when he begins. I'm telling you, when you are at your end, that's when the show begins. Because God wants everybody around you to see that he's your God. That's why you got God will always bring you to the end of a thing and says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Do you think God didn't know that the Red Sea was where it was? But he was leading them to the Red Sea anyway. He led him to the Red Sea for two things, to show them he is God and to show them that he could swallow their enemies. 
God wants to show you that not only will I part the Red Sea, God is so detailed. He says, I know what mud do to the Moses ones. I don't want y'all to mess. You know, Moses came through. He said, yo, not only am I going to let my people go or in the back of this carriage, I got the Moses. I got the Moses ones. I got these Moses ones. Moses ones when I was in Egypt, these Moses ones. Then I got the Moses twos when I was out there at the burning bushes, Moses twos. And then by the time he got to the children, he said, I got these Moses threes right now. They in production. They ain't got them out yet. But he, Jesus said, I ain't, I ain't going to let it be muddy to mess up y'all Moses ones ones, twos, and threes. You know, you know, they had the Moses ones, I'm saying, they had the Moses ones on. And he said, not only am I going to let you cross, <clears throat> not only am I going to open up the Red Sea, but you're going to walk on dry ground, my friend. And then God said, not only am I going to get you through, I want you to turn around and see them swallowed up. I'm telling you, man, God is faithful. You must aggressively attack the way you're thinking. Now, let's get to where I got to go and I'm done. How to always have peace of mind. How? I spelled the word peace. How to always have peace of mind. P, number one, you must become more aware of your position in Christ and the pages of his text. If you want to constantly have peace of mind, you got to say, I'm going to stop <clears throat> where I'm at and I'm going to make it a mission for me. I'm going to make it a mission for me to... Uh, Okay, do I got it? Okay, I'm going to make it a mission for me to know Christ. I'm going to know my position in Christ. You have authority, yo. We over there got a badge and we got that chopper on our side and we sitting there whining. The devil got no bullets. He got no ammunition. He was stripped of that on the, after the cross. And we said that got all this authority, all this pow, pow. And now we out there just, uh, just crying around. God said, man, do you know who you are in me, man? You got to know who you are in me. Not only do you have authority, but you have access. You were adopted to, to, do, to do amazing things. You have access to the Father now. You have ammunition. You got that pow, pow, right? You got that chopper. You can spray them up. And you got authority. You're my ambassador. When you have an ambassador's mindset, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not worried about this world. And do I want the biggest house in the world? No. I just want to make sure everything good for me and mine is in heaven. That's it. Right? You got to become more aware of your position in Christ. This is who I am in him. I have access. I have authority. I have ammunition. And I have amnesia. That's what's so good about it. That's one of my other points. We'll keep going. And you got to become more aware of the pages of his text. The number one thing that collects most dust in a believer's life is their word. And that's your only weapon. See, no soldier shoots one time. Before war, they shot thousands of bullets. Before one bullet in war is shot, they shot a thousand, thousands of bullets in practice. You got to be, you got to have that word. You got to be, you got to, you got you got to be on that thing. You know how to, this, uh, in symbol, uh, you got to know how to assemble it, not uh, unsemble it. You got ready to go quick. Because when it's wartime, you can't be like, uh, uh, well, I do. That's what people do. <clears throat> right now, <clears throat> do you have five scriptures ready to go for everything that pertains to you? Do you have five scriptures ready to go? Do you have a clip full of scriptures ready to shoot the enemy down for the areas that you struggle with? If not, you're vulnerable. If not, you're done, bruh. So you, if you want to win, if you want to work from the from from the, the game <clears throat> that Christ won and walk in victory, you got to know the word of God, bro. You just can't be you can't be knowing quotes and sermon notes. 
and expect to be uh, 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 to succeed and win. Your sermon notes ain't going to get you through that. <clears throat> your, your, your quotes from online ain't going to get you. It's the word of God. So you got to become more aware. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's that good water right there, yo. That alkaline, man. Treat yourself right. You got to become more aware of your position in Christ and the pages of his text. You got to know this word. You got to know it. Next point, you got to find the root problem in your thinking and change your thought patterns. Scale backwards. What's the root problem to your thinking? Is it insecurity? Is it fear? Is it uh, uh, anxiety? What's the? Is it because what your mama did? Is it because where you was brought up in? There is no excuse on this side of glory uh, that that is valuable enough for you not to execute your purpose. Not one excuse. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you've been through. There's not an excuse on this side of glory that has warrants you from doing nothing. There's nothing on this side of glory as a son and daughter of God for you to worry about. Nothing. 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 So you think I'm just gonna start writing books? You think I'm just gonna stop doing videos? Now I'm gonna keep doing this to the day I die. Tell I'm out of here. Mm -mm. Ain't ain't nothing gonna stop me. <clears throat> if I lose my if I lose my hands, these elbows gonna be typing. You know what I'm saying? If I don't, they're gonna be typing. It you can, ain't no excuse. There's people who got no legs and no arm like that motivational speaker who's making thousands if not millions of dollars and he got nothing but nubs and we over here complaining uh it's got no this joker said no i see opportunity in mr Moscow's. you got to find the root problem in your thinking and change your thought patterns scale backwards scale backwards means where would i like to be in life who would I like to be in life who would i like to be in life now how does that person think how does that person think? If I want to be this person to have these different things, how do these people think? And you scale backwards and say, okay, I got to think like them because I, I, I am who I think. I have what I think. As a man thinketh in their heart, so are they. So if I want to be like, if I want to be who God has called me to be, I got to think like that person that God wants me to be. Let's keep going. E, you got to embrace God's forgiveness and forgive everyone, including yourself. In order to have peace of mind, you got to embrace that God has forgiven you, yo. You are positionally righteous before him. That positional righteousness is now uh, bringing righteousness into different patterns of your life. See, just because you positionally righteous doesn't mean, um, and a lot of people in the grace message, they'll get caught up in that that, 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 yes, your sins are forgiven. Right now, you are kept away from the consequence of hell. You're saved from the consequence of hell. You saved from the consequence of, of sin. But when it comes to your patterns of life, yes, you've been adopted. When you adopted, you my son, no matter what. You, when I adopt you, my son and daughter, nothing can change that. But when it comes to you moving like, when, when it comes to living in my house, you got to live a certain kind of way. Yes, you adopted. Yes, I chose you. Yes, you no longer living in this country, living in this neighborhood, living with this dysfunctional family. You're not living with me. But it doesn't mean you live any kind of way when you're living with me. So what happens is even though I'm positionally righteous, right? And he has been made my righteousness, right? Now that righteousness through the Holy Spirit of God makes right the different patterns of my life. Therefore, when it comes to... <clears throat> Walking with God, when we sin, we got to confess that sin because it's not affecting my, my destination, it's affecting my relation. 
You see what I'm saying? So when I sin now as a, when I make a mistake or when I sin as a believer, it's not affecting, it's not going to make me go to hell. It's, it's affecting where I dwell. It's affecting the, the flow between me and God. Sin hinders flow, whether you're a son or daughter or not. If I'm in sin, it's going to hinder my relationship with my wife. So we're positionally righteous, but in our pattern, we are made righteous, righteous in our patterns and deeds so that we can match the one that made us righteous, right? So we have to understand is that when he's forgiven me, I'm forgiven. Get over that, bro. He's forgiving you. Get over. Let's go. Let's keep moving. Your mind has to be used for better things. Next. Oh, including you got to forgive yourself, yo. Yes, yeah, she made that mistake, bro. You, you got to get over that, man. Young lady, you got to. You, yes, yeah, she made. Yeah, yeah, you. That was dumb. But don't become numb from it. Become new from it. Most people go numb from the dumb things they did. No, when you do something dumb, allow God to make it new. So they could be one of the chapters in the story of your life that you can refer back to when helping somebody else live their life for Christ. Next point, end sinful habits. If you want peace of mind, you got to end sinful habits and eliminate all toxic influences. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind so that you can see that some of your practices are sin and it's affecting you from winning. You got to You got to end. No, we got to put this to death because if I don't put this to death, it's going to affect what, what God has left for me to do. And you got to eliminate toxic friendships. <clears throat> If you're surrounded by worried people, you're not going to win. If you're surrounded by anxious people, you're not going to win. If you're surrounded by stressed out people, you're not going to win. You got to get around faith faith people. You got to get around people whose words are filled with faith. You got to be around people who say, who like people be looking at me like, you, you're, not afraid, you're not scared about this pain. No, I'm, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I ain't stupid. But what I'm saying is I'm not going to stoop in the pit. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not stupid, but I'm not going to stoop in the pit. And what I mean by that, I'm not going to stoop down and get in the pit of, oh, man, it's coming for me. No, it ain't. A thousand may fall in my left, 10,000 in my right head, and I'm on my back porch sipping on some of that peach lemonade from Simply. Because you got to know the word is what it is. Hey, you got to have amnesia. You got to have amnesia. That goes with the forgiveness. You got to have amnesia. You guys just say, all right, we're not, I'm not going to think about that. We got, we got to keep going. One thing Tom Brady said, or somebody said, he was like, you know, the reason why I'm successful, because I don't think about the last bad pass I made. If you keep thinking about the last bad pass you threw, you're not going to be confident with the next pass. Let's keep going. You also got to become more aware of your purpose and go after it. You got to become more aware. Peace of mind says, I'm called for such a time as this. I'm going to be at peace because at such a time as this, not, not, not time as far as me, yeah, that's probably what the text means, but even for this moment, the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Let's keep going for time's sake. See, don't compare and implement self-care. If you want peace of mind, you cannot compare with everybody else. You're going to drive yourself crazy comparing yourself with other crazy people. If they post it, then they probably ain't about it. I'm telling you, they, they probably, they, they idolize it. You don't want what these, trust me, you don't want the pressure with these people's positions. You don't want it. If you really saw what all comes with that dysfunction or how they got what they got, you're going to be like, I don't want what they have. You can't compare. You got to say, this is my life that God has for me and I'm going to live it. You got to implement self-care that comes from self-love. You got to take care of yourself. You, you got to say, you know what, man, I got to live for somebody. I, I'm here for a purpose. Like, I, I, I got to do this for God. I must do this for God. I must do this for my family. That's why I lost that weight, man. I can't be dead at 38, 39, dead at 40 because of, of worry and stress. 
wearing myself out. That's what I'm stressed about, man. If I even feel a whiff of stress, if I if a person even comes around me with a whiff of anxiety, I'm nah, I'm out. Nah, get away from me, bro. Mm-mm. You, you know, you're not coming within my peace force field, bro. Let's keep going. Trust and next point, trust God with the controls and track his consistency in your life. Give God a control. Say, God, here it is. I give my singleness to you. I give my singleness to you. I give my marriage. I give I give all that to you, God, because like you can't control it, bro. You are you. You can't manipulate God. You can't. God will have you go out there and be like that prodigal son and waste everything. God can be like, OK, you want to do it without me? Go ahead. Try it. I've tried it. Wasn't successful. Let's keep going. Last but not least, least E, exercise, eat right, and enjoy God where you are. If you want to have peace of mind, exercise, get them endorphins, get the toxic stuff out of you. Eat right. Because, you know, some of the, some depression has been linked to a poor diet. Did you know that? That some people are depressed simply because of their poor diet. They ain't got nothing to do with nothing that they feel because the, your, your life is in the gut. Where do you think trust the gut came from? The most the bulk of your immune system is in your gut. That's why the enemy's after what we eat, so that he can infect our flow, <clears throat> infect our feet in life. And you gotta enjoy where you where you gotta enjoy God where you are. God, if you here, right here, then that's where I'm at. In order to have peace of mind, man, you gotta allow the peace from the Prince of Peace inside of your life, man. Man, following God, having your mind right, knowing that you're just a pilgrim pass through, that life is what it is, man. Man, it just makes living just that much better when you know that God's got it. God's got you. God's got it. There's nothing for you to worry about, my friend. Ladies, I hope that I hope this video answered y'all's question. I went an hour and 20 minutes. Got answered a couple of questions, so I'm going to stop there. I love y'all, man. I'm probably doing videos like this every day after work um, so I can kind of um, when I get home and just get right to resting. Uh, but I love y'all, man. I'll probably be doing a video tomorrow. We'll see on um, what am I going to be doing tomorrow? Um, something about the broken spirit. I forgot what I said. But either way, before I do, my niece came up with an amazing shirt, man. Uh, the link will be in the uh, comment section below. Let me see if I can get it right now in the, in the chat for those who's watching right now. Uh, I told her I was going to support her for mo a lot of my videos because uh, she's pursuing her purpose. And, and she's got peace of mind. That's one thing I can say about my niece and nephews, man. I'm so proud of them. And I told them I'm going to support them. So if you want to uh, get you a nice purpose shirt, uh, make sure you go support her there. Um, the link I just posted in the comment, in the, um, what you call this thing, in the chat box. Also, make sure you check out all my books on my website. Let me see if I got the, uh, I got all these books on my website. Got the Spiritual Warfare, Children's Books. Purpose uh, books on singleness, dating, relationship, all those books are on my website, imunplugged.com. I'll also post that in the comment section there as well. So that y'all can get some resources that's going to help y'all win in life. And uh, get ready in September, Lord willing. Got a, um, a powerful resource coming out that's going to help y'all really discern the will of God in your life and really help y'all see what's in front of y'all. And um, I think that's it. Let me check, the, check some more stuff. Do I got to show anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.